You're listening to Spice Radio, 1200 AM, and we are speaking to Jeevan Sangha, Editor-in-Chief at 5X Press. And we're talking about 5X Press Year in Review, Pop Culture Edition. Jeevan, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. All right, Jeevan. Overall, if you were to describe the year 2022 in pop culture, is there a particular word that you would go with? Wow, that's a great question. I I would probably say chaos. I feel like it was just a chaotic year. I'm sure a lot of people would agree with me. But just a lot of moments in pop culture that we I when I'm reflecting on it when I was writing this article, I just could not believe were real. I don't know. What what would you say, Munkidin? I agree with you, Jeevan. It is totally chaos. And I think the first story that you and I need to talk about, and I've been obsessed with it, and I have to apologize to my co-host for bringing this up once again, (laughs) but that slap at the Oscars. Will Smith slapping Chris Rock was one of those stories that I honestly just couldn't get over because it was shocking and honestly just so chaotic, the whole thing, especially afterwards. Yeah, it was just one of those moments that I could not believe was actually happening. And the whole discourse of it unfolding on Twitter was, I mean, hilarious and kind of mind-numbing and just silly how far people took it. Um, but just sitting there in front of the television and watching two celebrities engaged in a fight so publicly at one of the most high-profile award ceremonies like in Hollywood, it just didn't feel real. No, it really didn't. And do you think part of it, too, is you look at an actor like Will Smith. I mean, he is one of the most likable and lovable. We think of Will Smith, we're like, oh, he's so awesome, especially from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and then Men in Black. Like, he's just such a beloved actor. Do you feel that was kind of part of the shock factor of this entire story? I think that's definitely a part of it. And I think a, a part of it for me was he should know better. Yeah. Like, he's been in the industry for so long and he's remained one of the more diplomatic celebrities at least in my opinion especially from like Fresh Prince and all the other like huge movies that he's done in the past but I just thought he's been in the industry for so long he knows what people taking jabs at each other is like I'm sure this can't be the first time a celebrity has taken a job at his wife Jada Pinkett Smith so it just it boggled my mind to think what was the point where he decided he needed to take action right there right then in front of everyone exactly we will never know and i'm hearing apparently uh chris rock is having a comedy special with netflix it's going to release sometime this year so i think a lot of us are wondering if he's going to share his thoughts on the slap so we'll have to wait and see on that one but something else i want to talk about jeevan this was very exciting i'm a big fan of bridgerton and in season two it got a little bit browner so that was kind of exciting oh yes last season of bridgerton starred um two south asian leads uh, Simone Ashley and Trista Chendon, alongside Jonathan Bailey um, for Antony's kind of season of Bridgerton. And I just loved it. I, I really did. I love the way that they infused South Asia culture into the show. I know a lot of people had their criticisms about it, and I think that they're super valid too. But I think, by and large, it was just so fun seeing, especially for the Bollywood girlies out there, seeing like how perfectly... Bollywood and South Asian elements could infuse into a period piece drama. It almost seems like this should have happened already. So it was really fun and satisfying watching it unfold on screen. 
Oh, it was awesome. And for me, the highlight was is when there was a bit of an appearance from the song Kabikushi Kabigam. They played it like in a violin and I was I was in love. I was obsessed. And I think like many big fans of K3G, I was replaying their rendition of that song. So I loved it. But okay, how about another really big story? This was exciting. Diljito Sanj, I would argue for him, he was one of the biggest Punjabi artists in 2022. Many successful tracks. And hey, he sold out Rogers Arena here. Absolutely. I think, like, this is a huge year for Diljeet, huge year for the Punjabi music industry. Um, we saw Diljeet kind of reach new heights for a Punjabi artist, sold out multiple arenas that have never been sold out by an Indian artist, let alone a Punjabi artist, around the world, around Canada, the U.S., U.K., Australia. Um, and he's just been such a interesting figure to watch grow into his stardom and been someone who's been really vocal about speaking out about the Sikh community and the Punjabi community on a global scale, which we know is not always easy for big Bollywood stars to do, given how the industry is set up. Um, but I think it's just beautiful watching his career journey unfold. Oh, it's been an amazing year. Now, on the other side of the Punjabi music industry, this was a tragic one, a hard one. Sidhu Museala, we lost him tragically. And talk a little bit about just his legacy and the impact that had. Yeah, I mean, it would be so tricky for me to describe it in just a few words. But, I mean, Sidhu was another one of those artists that was breaking barriers so rapidly within the community, was so passionate about the well-being of Punjab, about the well-being of Punjabi youth, and, and it was really infused into his music, and his reach was so wide, it was global, and so to lose such a big figure, such a significant figure in our community was so tragic, um, and I mean, his legacy will live on. No, it, it truly will, and he has inspired so many artists. Now, something else I wanted to chat about, because this was very amusing, especially as people who love Bollywood, but there was that Nepo baby cover that got a whole lot of attention. Finally, Hollywood discovered nepotism as a thing, even though that's something <laughs> we've been talking about for years, but what did you make of the reaction to that? I honestly thought it was hilarious. I, I just I loved watching it unfold. I thought it was so satisfying to watch unfold. So for those of you who don't know, New York Magazine um, had an essay about nepotism in Hollywood, and so it kind of laid out a whole constellation of actors and, and celebrities who are surprisingly or not so surprisingly nepotism kids. There were most of them I feel like I knew, Maude Apatow, Lily Rose Depp, uh, Zoe Kravitz, um, but I just think it's hilarious watching the Hollywood audience just discover nepotism because if you're a fan of Bollywood we've been having this conversation for so long and also nepotism in Bollywood is like there's like five main families and everyone is somehow interconnected and it's actually an anomaly to not be connected and I think Hollywood is structured so differently and so watching people be like oh my god they have rich parents their parents were a celebrity was just so amusing it was hilarious, and I even saw some people, they took that cover for the Hollywood store and they put actually Bollywood actors on top of it, and that gave me a really good laugh. And I was like, yeah, we've been having this conversation for such a long time. Now, another story, we cannot ignore this, this was a huge one internationally, is the death of Queen Elizabeth II at the age of 96. And this was fascinating, because you pointed out how there were, of course, many that mourned the loss of this monarch, but there were also plenty who felt indifferent. Many even rejoiced at the monarch's death. So what did you think of just the reactions that we were seeing there? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think, like, this is a, one of the longest reigning monarchs, I think the longest reigning monarch in, in Britain, at least, and um, a huge figure internationally. But there are a lot of communities who have a very complicated relationship to monarchy and have a very complicated relationship to the crown, uh, particularly those of us who are from countries or who are descendants of countries who have been colonized, like those of us who are of Indian descent or those of us who are indigenous or those of us who come from different communities that have been affected negatively and violently by the British Empire. And so there were a lot of people who I saw on the internet and who I saw even in my own social circles who were like, I don't really care. It doesn't really bother me. Or honestly, this person who has symbolized a lot of violence for my community is now gone. And now does that mean that just because this figure has now died that the crown won't live on? Well, of course not. We see now that there's now King Charles who has stepped in in place of his mother. But I think we should welcome the range of reactions to a monarch dying because everybody just has a different relationship to it. Exactly. And it truly did show that. Now, another story, too, this was going on for some time, just, you know, not too long ago, Tory Lanez, he was found guilty for the 2020 shooting of Megan the Stallion. And a lot of the coverage of this really highlighted some really troubling things, I think, especially with how like women are treated. So give us some background on this and sort of what this meant. Yeah, so uh, Megan the Stallion, a really high profile female rapper, um, American female rapper and Tory Lanez is actually a Canadian rapper. He's from Toronto and um, he was charged with shooting Megan Thee Stallion and the internet and also a lot of the reporting around the trial really skewed in favor of Tory Lanez despite the fact that there was a lot of evidence against him both publicly that was released prior to the trial and through Megan's own testimonies and just her own comments on social media but also after the trial there was a phone call that was released between Tory Lanez and um, a friend of Megan the Stallions who is there at the scene of the crime, essentially where Tory Lanez admitted to shooting Megan the Stallion, which was, of course, very damning. Um, but I think it's interesting how in even in the most high-profile situations when there's a celebrity like Megan the Stallion that is so loved by so many that so much of the public, I guess, favor can sway towards the man who is accused as opposed to the woman who is surviving an event like this. And so I think, and it also goes to show how much more critical we are of black women in society and their stories and how much pain we think that they should endure, even on a public arena. And so, I mean, my own conclusion with this whole situation is just that I hope that Megan Thee Stallion has time to heal and to, you know, process this there's a lot of healing that I'm sure is going to happen after this. This is not the end of anything. Um, but it was a really upsetting trial to watch unfold for sure. I, I'm definitely glad with the verdict, but we'll see. Yeah, let's see what happens there. Now, finally, Jeevan, this story was fascinating to me because I really didn't know about this group of guys till it happened. But there was the Try Guy scandal. And I can remember when this story broke, all of us were like, who are these people? What do they do? So give us some background and why it was so scandalous. Yeah, so, I mean, to be honest, I was surprised, too. I was vaguely familiar with the Try Guys. They're a group of four guys who started off in the, like, millennial BuzzFeed era, and they turned into this group where they would go and try zany things together. So they would try and, like, make a meal with, like, funny ingredients or go to a store and do this, and just it would just unfold on, on YouTube, and it was 
people, I guess, really love them. Millions and millions of people around the world love them. And one of the members, Ned Fulmer, who had built this brand around being like a wife and a dad, uh, uh, being like a wife guy and like a, a dad guy, like he was really a family-oriented man, um, was caught red-handed cheating with one of his producers, which became a huge story. Like if you were on Twitter, if you were on Instagram, you could not escape. Everyone was digging up videos from years ago where Ned had kind of hinted that he was cheating or something or other, and it was just a tsunami. And it came shortly after Adam Levine's whole cheating scandal as well. And so it seems like 2022 was the year of, like, finding out a lot of high-profile men were cheating and being really outraged about it. Yeah, and that's why, like you described, Ajivan, 2022 was truly a chaotic year. And what are you hoping to see in 2023? Will there be less chaos, or do you think this is just the beginning? Oh, I think it's just the beginning. Where I think, uh, you know what, going into 2022, I thought we would have a tamer year, and here we are recapping some of the zaniest stories from 2022. So, I mean, it's going to be crazier, but all I can say is that I'm going to have a front row seat to it all. Exactly. Pull out the popcorn and get ready. Who knows what we can expect this year. Jeevan, as always, we appreciate talking to you. You have a wonderful week and a happy new year to you as well. Happy new year. Take care.